You're listening to the Sewing and Grown podcast and radio show with Jay and Jay. Welcome, everyone who is listening today. I don't like how I'm talking so staccato. Hey, welcome to the Sewing and Growing <laughs> podcast with Jay and Jay. We're jumping in here today. We should say thank you to Desmond. Thank you, Desmond. We haven't done that in a while. We appreciate you. And hey, you may go. I've heard, actually heard this more concerning our cool artwork on our podcast than Desmond. If you're wondering oh. who did our artwork, I forget the man's <laughs> name, but he's in India. <laughs> and crazy story. This is what we're going to talk about. Okay. We're just going to go right yeah. into it. Uh, we I found this guy on a website called Fiverr, hmm. where it's kind of an Etsy yeah. for... It's freelance like designers uh, yeah. specifically Etsy for, for like, designers. Web, web design and um, actually as actually anything there'll be people who will make you a, a paper mache goose for enough seriously money. because all yeah. I see is graphic design well, voiceover primarily what it is but there's like they'll do whatever it's like do you an want Etsy. a paper mache goose no but it's nice to know I can get one on Fiverr well I will start looking on Fiverr and I found this gentleman in India. So we commissioned him. Poor guy had to deal with a lot of back and forth from us. <laughs> Not only that, in the middle of his difficulties, yes. he was delayed in his work and he wanted to prove it's not funny, oh, it's man. It's not funny. Stop laughing. I'm sorry. He to wanted myself. to prove that he had a real reason to delay the work. His father passed away from COVID. Yeah. And he felt the need to send me a picture <laughs> of his deceased father in Hindu garb. Yeah. Deceased, dead, like covered saw in the pictures. Yeah, saw and pictures. What did he say? What it was attached to those pictures? I think he said, "My father has expired." He said, <laughs> "Sorry, sorry." <laughs> That's not funny. But this, he was trying. He doesn't speak English, and so he was trying to say what he needed to say and put it in English, but it wasn't lining up super well. So he said, "My father has expired." You see. And then he sent us the picture. Yeah. And I I was doing that communication and I took it to Jonathan like, man, it's going to be a couple extra days. Can we give him a little grace because his father has expired. expired? He's passed away. And obviously we let him have extra time. He did that artwork. We revised it a little bit, but mm. shout out to how technology can help you. Yes. That came all the way from India. Came from India for the artwork. England for the voiceover to introduce with Desmond and straight from Newcastle, Newcastle. Colorado. Technically Glenwood Springs. Chakra. Chakra. We're from Chakra. Which sounds like something from India, <laughs> but it's not a chakra. It's Chakra, not Chakra. Chakra is something from India and we're Christians. We're not yeah. going there. You want to know a random fact? The little red dot that they put in between their eyes is called an Ajma Chakra. Anyways, we are digressing. Well- Thank you to all who made the artwork and the intro possible. Yeah. Thank you. So we're going to jump right in. <laughs> Today, I'm sorry for laughing at that. And once he started laughing, uh, I do have the power not to laugh when he laughs, but the way our friendship is built, once he starts going or once I start going, we start laughing. Yeah. Uh, we're going to address conflict. We're going to confront conflict, conflict today. And again, it's why are we doing topic. this? 
Because literally it's everywhere, mm-hmm. every day. Sometimes I find that I can have conflict with my wife. I can show up to work and have conflict with my coworker, which then I go and talk to my boss about, which I have conflict with him about. <laughs> and then I, you know, I can look at politics and talk with somebody about politics. Guess what? There's conflict there. You can look at how the schools are running certain mask mandates and hey man, there's conflict there. Wow. Oh, I'm going to purchase a vehicle and then I'm talking to the salesman. Guess what? You're going to have some conflict in there. (laughs) But the problem is we don't really like conflict. And uh, maybe today, listening to the Sewing and Growing podcast with J&J, Desmond, and the artwork creator from India, all of us coming together, (laughs) we can address conflict and we can be bold enough to confront it. Head on in this podcast. And again, I like to promote good resources, a resource that I'm going to address a lot of uh, the points I make are going to be from this resource. It's called Crucial Conversations. It's a leadership book and it's very applicable. You can apply it every day in every conversation you have because really a lot of our conversations are crucial. Mm-hmm. We don't want to limit and undervalue the power <laughs> of the words we speak. You may not even know they're crucial. And that's the thing with conflict. We avoid it so many times. I think you were asking me the other day what my wisdom of the day was. And I said, the, the jump in. Okay. I said, the pain of confrontation now is going to be way less than the possible destruction of a relationship later. It's very easy to confront something at the beginning than letting it grow. Yeah. And you said of an irreparable, irreparable. relationship. It can, it can get that way. Sometimes you don't want to make somebody feel bad. And so you don't confront. And then, down the road, you're not even friends with that person anymore. And I'm whispering. And my heart feels heavy. I know. Let's uh, let's cheer let's ourselves up. Well, I want to ask you a question. Uh, you can't answer me, but it may do you good to answer in your car wherever you're listening. How do you respond to conflict? All right, you're coming into a conversation. It's starting to get conflictual. You know it's going somewhere. What's your bet? My bet is to get defensive. And I, 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 I like a... well. Yeah, I defend, but I like to fight. I'll let you so know. I, I, he, let, I, he, I have my fists raised right now. <laughs> good, good thing, thing I'm sitting across from a <laughs> table. Where is you, it? We've got a round table between us, huh? But no, my my initial bent is to is to challenge back, and really, it's like, well, you're pointing out a flaw in me. Well, I'm going to point out ten in you. And there's two words that I want to put that rhyme that work well: silence or violence. Both. I'm just <laughs> <laughs> well, we do. It depends on the person. If it's a person who's in more of authority from us or we're a little more fearful with, we might go into more silence. If it's someone that we think we have more authority over, we might get violent. And that doesn't mean we completely get silent. A lot of people who go towards the silence end of the spectrum, what are they going to do? They're going to use passive aggression. They're going to mm-hmm. use things that uh, they may just bounce or deflect. Somebody who's violent, they probably won't punch somebody some rare occasions people will punch but what are they going to do they're going to belittle they're going to put down they're going to demean the other well, side they got that they got that hidden info on someone and they'll bring it out as ammunition it's so, true well you did this you go whoa 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 why are you bringing that into this it's mean yeah so we don't want to be mean no and we don't want to be avoided no so The reason we enter into those is because actually biologically, I know we're spiritual people, but hey, our supernatural's got to hit our natural at some point. And we as Christians are called to live an elevated life uh, to where God is. 
But naturally, whenever we go into a conflict, we bring about our worst behavior biologically. We get into a fight or flight, which means blood actually literally physically leaves our brain and goes to our extremities to run or to fight. <laughs> That's how we're naturally built. It just goes that way. I'm not getting evolutionary. That's just the process that happens. Yeah. It goes to our extremities, which means when we need to use our brains the most, we have the least amount of life-flowing blood going to our brains in those conversations, which is why they're hard for everyone. But we as Christians, and if you're not a Christian, great opportunity to get saved <laughs> on this podcast right now. with us. We'll pray with you. Message us. Put a review. We'll find you. We'll lead you to salvation because we need the Holy Spirit's help in this area because naturally we're not given, uh, what am I saying? We're not given the best of tools to handle conflict naturally. I would say so. So in, when we are in that heightened state, uh, the book that I mentioned says we go to the fool's choice. What is the fool's choice? Well, when we go into conflict, we think of either or or statements. It's either this or it's that. I either win or that person's out. I'm either going to come across as the great person or I'm going to lose. It's either or. We go to win or lose results. And that's the fool's choice. And guess what? I don't want to be a fool. No, I hate like being a, a fool. A very binary option. Right, we talked about binary. in reversing absolutes. There you go. And we want to move from that and embrace and statements and win-win statements. Mm. So that's great. Uh, again, we want to move away from dichotomous thinking. Ooh. Come on. You know where yeah, you want to go man. with this. I'll let you take it. No. Do it. Maybe I don't know where I'm going. I'm talking I'm about Pastor Marshall Townsley. Yeah, dumb dichotomies. Yeah, fool's choice and a yeah. dumb dichotomy. Whenever we think of things as I'm either going to win or lose, there's only two options. Often, there are many more options than two options. And the verse that comes to my mind is Proverbs 3, 5, trust in the Lord with all your heart and what? Lean, Lean not on, on your own understanding. understanding. Our understanding will provide one option and it's either this or nothing else and go there. But when we open it up to God, how often when we are in a difficult situation, those that are listening to this podcast, Jonathan, come on, hear me out here. We think it's only going to happen one way. God's only going to provide one way. This is the way it's going to happen. This is the way my life's going to go. But it ends up coming through in a different way. The limited options that we see are often not the options that God chooses to meet our needs yeah. or help us. Would you say that compromise is a part of conflict resolution? Absolutely. <laughs> right. Because it, a win-win doesn't mean both people got their way. It means that we came to a mutual agreement and each side had to give a little. Absolutely. And a lot of times the compromise really is you just letting go of your pride and embracing the fact that you might be wrong on something. Very true. <laughs> Very I know true. that, you know, especially, you know, we're both married men now. And sometimes um, the, how, how should I say this? Being right is not the end goal if it hurts the relationship. Does that I, make sense? Yeah. Can I say it in a different yeah. way? Yes, please. I I'd, didn't say it very well. I'd rather get it right than be right. Yeah. So if I prove my point and prove that I'm right, but my wife chooses to sleep in the other room, then then I have not won. 
Yeah. And if I win the argument at the expense of the relationship yeah. with someone I loved, I don't care what I've won because ultimately I've lost. And we're going to get into some of that uh, specific how to compromise and what to do because a lot of us say, what you compromise to gain, you'll lose. <laughs> to some degree, I agree with you, but there are things, everything is compromisable up until sin. Yeah. Would you agree with that? I would say, say that again. That's an absolute statement though. Um, everything is compromisable oof. up until sin. Hear the heart. Yeah, Hear my on. heart, please. Of the law, of the law. <laughs> uh, but I want to say this, just the opportunity to start looking at and statements or statements and not look at binary thinking, not think of win or lose. You're introducing complex thinking. And the moment you give your brain, I'm just talking on a natural level, mm -hmm. the Holy Spirit will supersede this and do more. But just biologically, the moment you introduce complex thinking, blood goes from your extremities back to your brain wow. and you start to regain control and you get a sound, well-disciplined mind. That's amazing. So just the introduction of going, I might have another option here. This person may not be doing this. I might be able to Get my point across and not make that person angry. No, that's impossible. Mm. Well, there might be a possibility. Your brain starts wow. regaining control and you calm yourself down. I think that would be the equivalent of thinking outside the box. Sometimes if you're trapped in a box and you think that there's no way out, you're running into the wall and then into the other wall and you're freaking out. It's this or that. It's this or that. When just calm down, think outside the box a little bit and you come up with a unique, oftentimes spirit given solution right. to the conflict. Well said. So let's talk about how to win in conflict. And again, when I'm saying win, I'm not talking about at the expense Your of a relationship or the other person. The relationship, the health of the relationship is a win. Well said. First off, let's keep it safe. Okay. All right. Do I have to? I want to live on the edge. I want to live wild. <laughs> well, you really don't in conflict. Because the moment somebody starts to lose the feeling of safety you move back to silence and violence. And that's we need to control that for ourselves. But if we're really going to lead and provide an atmosphere to have conflict, we have to look beyond our own safety and the safety of the other person. Have you noticed when you start to address something with someone and then they shut down and there's a Berlin Wall in between you two? <laughs> yeah. And uh, let's just be honest, Reagan hasn't taken that no, one down Reagan yet. Reagan did not take this one down. <laughs> so I want to encourage you, Fight for safety in that conversation. Give me a practical example. Practical example is uh, you want to go somewhere on vacation with your wife. I'm not going to include my wife. This isn't something. And your idea of where a vacation should be and where her idea of a vacation should be are two different things. Okay. So you go, hey, um, what about this Saturday? We just spent some time talking about vacation. Well, you know, I'm really busy. And uh, you realize even right then the atmosphere of safety that that person feels is not there. So I need to enter in and fight for a spot of safety. I believe so often we think we're going to get to a spot of peace, but we don't cultivate peace on the front end. Mm. So the verse that comes to my mind is, as much as possible, live peaceably with all men. Are we starting from a spot of safety? Because where there's safety, there's dialogue. Mm -hmm. And dialogue is key. We just got done uh, with a forum that we had at our church on uh, government and school legislation. And so often we're looking at filing different legislation at school level and doing different things. Well, the lawyer that spoke at this forum said, you want to know I'm a lawyer and I'm invested in getting in legal battles because that's how I make my money. 
But I want to tell you the best way to bring about change in your school is to buy a teacher a coffee and talk with them. Wow. I was going to say a peace offering, you know, hear me out here. It's a great way. So I, here, let me, let me uh, give you some context here. When, when I was younger, I lived right next door to my cousins, literally right next door. And we would get in bat in fights all the time. And I remember many a times my cousin would come over with a plate of oranges as a peace offering before she apologized or before we confronted what was going on. And I remember, I remember very vividly splitting an orange and talking about what was bothering us. And that just simple that's act it. of the it, peace folks. offering provided an atmosphere of safety. Exactly. It's good. And even where the conversations take place. You know, if you're like, please come with me and, you know, you're in a place where no one else can see you and they feel trapped and you can say whatever you want. Ugh. Go to Starbucks. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe bring a plate of oranges <laughs> yeah. to Starbucks with cool. you and yeah. then you can have a coffee and orange, which sounds gross. Yeah. So it's kind of like easing in. Yeah. Well, you're going to get to it. Right, we're going to get yeah, into it get more, but it. I'm saying get to the it. book is very strong. Like, if there's no safety, you're not going to get much traction. So you can bulldoze all you want through safety and they can sit there with the wall up, but your words are bouncing off a wall and you're not going to win in the relationship yeah. with that. Well, part of their them feeling safe is them from the very beginning know your, knowing your intentions. Well, we're going to get into that with the next one that I'm talking about here. You have to determine what you really want in the conversation because the dumb dichotomous thinking and the fool's choice is going to make you think, well, I just want to win at their expense. But if you really can boil it down and think, what do I really want for three different things? First off, what do I want for myself? What do I want for the other person? And what do I want for our relationship? That's good. So if your motives are to smash that other person and you don't want the best for them, guess what? You're not going to win in this conflict. So you need to step out because you can't even be safe with that person. But if you know that, you can fight for mutual purpose. And that's the difference between confrontation and healthy confrontation because the goal of healthy confrontation is to maintain and even strengthen a relationship after the confronting is done. Win-win. We're always wanting to get a win-win. God's able to get us to a win-win in many of our relationships. So I want to encourage you with that mutual purpose, remember your ABCs. So what are the ABCs? First off, if you can start a con uh, conflict with what you agree on, if you found mutual purpose, let them know, hey, we want this we want this. And ultimately, we want this relationship to be better. Ultimately, we want our marriage to be better. That's why we're doing this. Right. And you build from that. After you've got agreement, you build on that. So the A is agreement. A is agreement. B is build. Build on that agreement. And then the small differences that you do have, you compare them. Mm. I agree with you. Let's build on how we're going to have a good marriage. Now we see this differently. Let's compare how we see these things differently. Just remember your ABCs. Wow. But you first have to know what you want for yourself, what you want for that other person, and your mutual purpose for each other in that relationship. That's good. We talked about this one in the uh, Motion uh, Facebook Fanatics and Snowflakes. Snowflakes and Facebook Fanatics. But we have to remind ourselves of the stories we're telling ourselves about other people. Uh, it's... And that's important because we do tell it's not what people do to us that make us angry. 
It's the story we tell ourselves about why that person's laughing at me. They're laughing at me because they think I'm a loser and I shouldn't have the job that I have and they should have my job. (laughs) Whoa, there's a lot behind that. (laughs) They may not want that. So when we have conflict in that area, uh, you start with the facts. Hey, you know what? I saw you laughed at me. And you know what? I'm telling myself a story and I realize it's just a story I'm telling myself, but I think you think I'm stupid and you do a better job than me and you want my job. And that's a story I'm telling myself. Now, can you share me oh, with me no, your story? I, I was laughing at you because you had some smuts on your shirt. Oh, wow. I'm not <laughs> as offended now. But do you see how you start with the What fact- if I said, yeah, I do want your job, dude. And then we'd you have suck. to, that, that would really suck. <laughs> but you want to confirm that you, but at least you have a mutual understanding and you're addressing the real thing there. Yeah. And, but instead of saying it's the way it is, you know, a lot of people will start that conflict off with, hey, I know you think I'm a loser and you're coming at me for my job. And I'll be laughing at you when this thing's over. And the person's looking at him like, what in the world? Instead of starting with the fact, yeah, I did laugh. And then saying, hey, this is the story I have for myself. And if you present it verbally out of your own mouth, this is a story that I'm telling myself. You're not presenting it as a fact. You've already presented the fact. You're telling them it's a story that. Would you say it exactly that way? I can't, man. You know what? We should just pray for this right now. What's going on? It's an Amber Alert. Well, right now, we're getting an Amber Alert. You're seeing it. Will you address it? Yeah. Um, 11-year-old uh, named Lily. I don't know exactly what's going on with her, but God does. Yeah. Father God, we pray right now for Lily and whatever her situation is. Um, I don't know exactly what it is, but you do. So right now, we pray for protection and safety. In the name of Jesus, I pray right now that wherever she's at, you would protect her and, uh, and and watch over her in the name of Jesus. I just pray that whatever the situation is, whoever's involved, Father God, that it would be exposed, be brought to the light. If the authorities are involved, Father God, they'd find um, these people and that this would uh, uh, not go any further. In the name of Jesus, we just thank you for life and uh, safety concerning this. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. A lot of us probably got that alert at the same time. I'm sure. Anyways, let, oh, I was going to say this. Would you say it exactly that way? Because I know, because like if you, if we had a conflict and you say, the story I'm telling myself is this, I'd probably be like, all right, you're obviously reading from a book. Like it doesn't uh, seem very genuine. Is no, there a way like, you could say it? Yeah, you could be like, hey, I feel like this. Um, you know, I'm, I'm hearing this. Uh, what I'm thinking is this, but honestly, it might sound like you're reading from, but like, man, I'm just feeling like there's a story going on and this is the story. I don't think it may, again, they may think it's a little staged, but what's going to be even more different is how it's going to respond in your own heart. Cause in your own heart, it's going to be like, this isn't the truth. It's just a story I'm telling myself. So even if it seems a little like staccato, Mm. you're going to be better off. Yeah. I think I'd say, you know, hey, like you, in this case with the laughing, hey man, I saw that you laughed, and I was I was just having a little bit of trouble dealing with maybe why you laughed, and I'd like to maybe That's great. understand or hear from why you did it because I'm, I guess I would maybe say telling the story because I'm thinking I'm thinking one way, and I'd really like to hear your way. So it's helpful for them to hear what story you're telling mm-hmm. because otherwise they'll just address something and you can often go, well, they didn't 
address that. Maybe they are thinking about it. But if you give them an opportunity and you feel enough safety to present the story you're already telling yourself in your head, they can specifically address the things that you're dealing with in your own soul, in your flesh. Yeah. Uh, with that, this is important. When people already are angry with us, uh, don't go to what you do mean until they know what you don't mean. Oftentimes we'll just, I, I don't, that's not my heart for you. That's not my heart for you. That Or this is my heart for you. That, sorry. This is my heart for you. This is my heart for you. And it's hard for people to really hear what your heart for them is until they know what your heart isn't. It's almost like it's sometimes it's hard for us to really know who God is until we've lost our fabrications of who we think God is. It's hard for us to embrace him, who he is, until we've addressed the lies mm -hmm. that we believe that he isn't. Does that make sense? Yes. So I start that way. I, when I go with some people and I know they're already worked up with me, um, I go, I I want to tell you I'm not against you. Uh, I, I'm, I'm not trying to take your job. I'm not trying to smash you. I'm not trying to belittle you until they go and I can see that safety arise. And then I'll try to tell them, what I am doing. Uh, we don't value people enough sometimes to take that extra time to clarify some of those things, but it really can help in conversation and conflict. Um, I was going to say, you know, just we've read through this book, The Five Dysfunctions of a Team, and really healthy confrontation is really built on the back of trust. And sometimes you may not have any trust with someone and I would venture to say that if you don't have a foundation of trust, you don't really have much business confronting things until you can build a foundation of trust, which means, which, you know, all the stuff that you're going through is really helping with that. Because if someone can know your heart and your intentions and the purpose of the confrontation, um, even before the confrontation, if somebody knows, hey, that person's got my best interests at heart, it's going to be way easier for them to receive um, correction or, or a, a confrontation. Mm -hmm. And that's helped me a lot with even our own employer and, you know, pastor. So it's, it's taken some years, but now I know um, exactly what his heart is. So when he does confront me on an issue, I can always refer back to, I know exactly what his intentions right. are. Because otherwise you'll tell yourself that story. Yeah. And if that's not their intent, you can be thinking about a story when it's a whole different thing. I mean, I kind of think of the disciples. I'm not saying Jesus should have handled it a different way, but he said, hey, uh, what you kind of did? He said, did anyone, he says, I'm trying to think of how to sell this story. How embarrassing. You're That's good. funny. They're on the boat, right? Yeah. And he says, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees. Right. And what do they freak out about? Like, we forgot to bring the bread. So their story they were telling themselves yeah. about the whole event was a different story than what he was communicating. Yeah. So and he confronted that. He's like, you, you guys don't get it. You thought I was talking about bread. Right. So he clarified what it wasn't yeah. and then built what it really was. Yeah. So before we can really build what our heart is, sometimes we have to clarify what our heart isn't. That's good. And lastly, when people are clamored up and you feel like you can't get anywhere with them, I want you to amp it up, A-M-P. Ask, mirror, and prime. So you can ask people, hey, like, how are you doing? And then, you ever done that? I see this a lot with youth students. You don't get much. Yeah. Good. Good. And you're like, wow, that didn't go anywhere. So then you might repeat back what you're seeing in them. 
hey, it seems like you get pretty excited when you have a basketball. You play a lot of basketball. You mirror what you're seeing in that person. Mm. And then if not, you go for a prime, which that's really risky. Because what you have to do is sometimes you have to prime a pump before the water will flow and you have to start pulling on things and it might not be the right thing to pull on. So you might go, "Uh, man, I just, you know, I want to let you know, it seems like you're a little uncomfortable talking with me because you don't know me very well. Well, you're just, (laughs) but sometimes you get it. And hopefully from what you've asked and what you're mirroring, you're getting enough information to prime. Mm -hmm. And if you can amp it up, oftentimes you can start entering into a conversation that can be beneficial. And you'll start winning and getting traction. Wow. I want it to be really applicable because honestly, I've dealt with so many of these conversations that I've neglected to have. And it's not only limited my growth, it's limited the growth of those around me. And if I can simply apply some of these things in my daily life, it can be a huge impact in our world. The book mentioned a story of a, a doctor going into a surgery. And it was something like it was supposed to be for the appendix to get rid of an appendix. But the doctor thought it was a foot surgery, but what? none of the nurses around him wanted to confront the issue oh my. and the wow. person's foot got amputated. That's, that's malpractice. Uh, I don't <laughs> know terrible. if that's a true story or not, but he does mention that a large amount of nurses feel no place to speak up in moments like that because they don't know how to have the conflict and the confrontation wow. in that moment. How much more in our marriages, how much more with our children, <laughs> how much more in our world. The pain of confrontation then would have saved the amputation of the foot. <laughs> right? Man. Well, that's what we have for you today. Um, Pastor Jonathan, if there's a last thought or another wisdom of the day, day we want to hear wisdom the wisdom of the, of the day. day. I've been talking every now and then. I go into like a Australian Cockney accent. I don't know. Yeah, what it is. I like the know what you really want. So making your intentions very clear at the beginning um, really helps people um, uh, paint the right narrative when it comes to that whole uh, time of confrontation. Sorry, my mic is falling. Um, but making it very clear that you are not fighting for a personal win, but a win for the relationship. Mm-hmm. I like that I can start introducing some complex questions to my brain that I allow the Holy Spirit to work with in the middle of a conflict and it'll calm me down going, all right, right now I'm in a fool's choice. I'm thinking it's either them or it's me. Uh, Can I have an instance where I get my point across and this doesn't turn into a fight? Hmm. may seem impossible right now, but with God, all things are possible. Mm -hmm. And I get calmer and I can actually rise to the occasion and not just stay dumb and be a Don't fool. Stay dumb. Don't be a fool. It's not a fool's game. It's not a it's fool's a game. Fool's game. <laughs> <laughs> Who sang that song? Uh, he had really good hair. Come on. He had really good Michael hair. Michael Bolton. Oh, sorry. I didn't give you an <laughs> It's all right. How can we be loved? <laughs> all right. No more singing on the Slow and Going podcast, but we will be praying. And since uh, when that Amber Alert came, I don't know if you're going to leave that in the podcast, but we prayed for an Amber Alert. Yeah. You prayed. Can I pray this one yes, out? Yes, you can. All right. Father God, thank you so much for this opportunity to talk about how to live more peaceably with those around us and how to address things in life that can seem difficult, that can go against our natural bent to avoid and to get angry. But Father God, I thank you. We're going to bring about change. We're going to see things change that haven't been changed because we're rising out of fear and we're
uh, we're addressing things, Father God, and we'll never overcome what we're not willing to confront. And we're an overcoming church. We're more than conquerors. So Father God, I thank you that we confronted conflict and uh, the best is yet to come. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. Thank you for joining us. We'll see. Uh, we won't see. Uh, maybe I'll see you in person. I don't know. Tell me if you've listened to the podcast. Come cool. to church on Sunday and we'll see you. Yeah. So stay tuned for next week on the Sewing and Growing 